Our sermon this week is Pick Up the Mantle. Before we dive into this, I think it is critically important that we think about how difficult change is. A lot of us will say we want change, we want things to change, we want things to be better, but we don't want to change. <laughs> we don't individually want to change and to, and to actively participate in the change. We just want things to change all around us, but that we stay the same and not change at all. Even more so, the things that we like about our life and how comfortable our life is and how great everything is, some of those things we don't want to change around us at all either. As a church, we don't want ministers to leave or to step down or to transition into other roles when yet God is calling them onto something else different. In our churches, we don't want to change our styles of worship, even though we see that the trend is calling us to something different. We want the church to grow, but we don't want to change in order to make it happen. You can't have your cake, as someone would say, you can't have your cake and eat it too, but you know, if I buy some cake, I'm gonna eat it. But this is, it's not the best saying in the world, but you get what I'm, what I'm saying. It is, it, is, it is impossible to understand that things are changing all around us and for us to want to participate in that change, that means that we have to change as well. I think to myself sometimes when it comes to our worship and I'm sitting there and I'm raising my hand and I'm all excited about the music, I just wonder what Michael and Isaiah's generation is going to do to this church that is just going to set my hair on fire. It's going to have me saying that is not the way we used to do it, that is not the way we set this up. Why are they doing it this particular way? But with age comes the youth and the newness and the change and that trend and they're able to tap into it. It is so difficult for us to live into change. It is difficult for us to let go of people. It is difficult for us to let go of organizations. It's difficult for us to let go of institutions. It's difficult for us to let go of political ideas that we know no longer serve us or the justice of humanity, but yet we hold on to it despite the fact that God is calling us to something new and greater. It is hard for us to step into change. Elijah in our story today is about to go on a change. Elijah, what's that old song, Swing Low, Sweet Chariot? Elijah is about to get on the chariot and be taken up, and Elisha is there saying, I don't want you to leave. I want you to stay so that I can stay under your anointing, so that I can stay under your mantle, so that I can stay and live into your power and live into what you are doing. Elisha is like, I don't want to be the one to step into that role, but yet you are going to be going away. 
And so Elisha has to become Elijah in the sense to pick up the mantle, to pick up the call, and to move forward with the ministry the way Elijah carried on the ministry. In our scripture today, it says cloak is the word that is used, but in other translations, the word is mantle. Uh, and, and, and sometimes I disagree with certain translations because a mantle gives you the double meaning, whereas cloak makes you think that it's just a piece of clothing that somebody wears. Uh, this mantle that is Elijah's, it is a mantle not only of a covering, it's not only to keep him uh, cool or to keep him warm or to shield him from the elements, this mantle is a symbol of God's power on Elijah. The mantle is a symbol of God's anointing on Elijah. The mantle is also a symbol of the burden of leadership, the burden of being a voice for justice, the burden of being a prophet. The mantle does not come with all fun and games. The mantle is not full of a lot of joy. The mantle is not full of let's try to help everybody to feel good about who they are. The mantle comes with conviction, with prophecy, with justice, with love, with peace. It is a call for change and transformation. And so when Alicia picks up this cloak or mantle, <laughs> he is taking on this authority. He is taking on this power. Elijah stands for my God is Yahweh. Elisha stands for God is salvation. There is a change that is not just happening between Elijah and Elisha. It is a change between understanding that not only God, not only is God just Yahweh, but God is salvation. That God is the answer to the problem, not just the prophet being the answer to the problem, but that God is the answer to the problem. That God is the solution. That God is the salvation. When we turn to look to see some of the things that Elisha did during his time, remember he said, uh, tell me, Elijah said, tell me what can I do for you before I am taken from you? And Elisha said, oh, you're leaving? Uh, since you're not going to be here, I just don't want a single portion of the power that you walked in. I want a double portion of the power that you walked in. And so Elisha becomes a person that is known as being a prophet that is also a miracle worker. Elisha purified polluted waters. And so today I have a feeling that he would be on the side of any movement that is about protecting our environment for the next generations to come. 
Elisha increased the amount of oil that was flowing so that a widow could have more oil so that she could go sell it to pay her creditors. I have a feeling that Elisha would be against predatory lending. I have a feeling that Elisha would be against the aid that we need to be providing to the immigrants who are falling dead on our border. I have a feeling that Elisha would say, let's figure out how to bring love to everybody. I have a feeling that Elisha would say, trans people are people too. I had a feeling that Elisha would stand in his power and authority. Elisha also gave food to those who had been poisoned, who had eaten poisoned food. So I have a feeling that, that Elisha would say something along the lines of, feed them, my children, feed them, that no one should go hungry, that kids in cages should not be starving and without toothbrushes. Elisha would have a word for us. Alicia helped people who were in distress. <laughs> Alicia helped those who were in need. And I've heard some religious people saying these words out of their mouths when it comes to the people who are suffering and struggling today. I've heard some religious people say, I am not my brother's keeper. But who was the last person that said that in the Bible? I believe it was Cain that killed his brother that said to God, I am not my brother's keeper. <laughs> so Elisha would say to us today, I'm sorry, I'm going to mess up your prosperity. I'm going to be in your material, good, material goods. I'm probably going to mess up your bank account, but I got a word for you. You are your brother's keeper. <laughs> you are meant to take care of your brother and to help them in this life. You are your brother's keeper. Elijah and Elisha also anointed kings. Yes. <laughs> they anointed kings. How have we today got it twisted to where we want to be anointed by the president or anointed by the governor or anointed by the senator? Where have we gotten it twisted? The church anoints the power, not the other damn way around. The church proclaims the power and anoints those who go into leadership, not the other way around. Your politicians do not justify your faith. Your politicians are not the ones who dictate how you should live your faith. It is the other way around. We anoint the kings. We anoint the politicians, not the other way around. Alicia would have a word for us today as we have fallen so weak, so feeble, and refusing to claim our power. Alicia would say, the mantle passed to you years ago. <laughs> the mantle passed after slavery, and it laid there on the ground for a while. Then another generation picked it up and said, it's time for civil rights. That gets done and then it laid on the ground for a while. And then it was time to pick it up and fight for LGBTQ rights and to fight for women's rights and all these different movements that have happened. There is a crisis 
today. And it's not so much one little individual particular issue that are all grave. It is the crisis of the church losing its anointing and power. If we are only considered powerful because a president stops by and visits us and agrees with what our theology is, then we are taking power via the state and not putting power into the state. And that is not the way it is supposed to be. And so the mantle has fallen to us once again to pick it up and to say we will be the voice of reason, the prophetic voice of justice, the voice of peace in this generation. But I know some of you say, you know, well, pastor, I have, <laughs> I have too much going on in my own life. I have too many bills to pay. I have too much debt. I need a job. The list goes on and on and on. But I would say that this power, this anointing, that if we would individually pick it up, it has the power to change our lives too. It has the power to reverse situations and problems that you are personally enduring today. It has the power to heal and to restore. The power that God gives to us is just not to do the external, but it is also to do the internal. Moses took the staff and struck the water and it divided and they were able to cross over on the dry land. Elijah took his cloak, his mantle, and he struck the water and a similar thing happened. They were able to cross over onto dry land. And then Elisha, coming back, he wanted to test and see if he still had that same power and anointing. So he took that mantle, that cloak, struck the water, and it divided in half as well. But there was another man that said, these things that I do, you shall do even greater. <laughs> and I don't know if you remember, but the last time that man had to deal with some water, <laughs> he walked on it. <laughs> the last time that man had to deal with some water, he said, peace be still. <laughs> and so if we are to look to Elijah's testimony and Elisha's testimony and the Jesus testimony, it is time for us not just to divide the waters, but it is time for us to walk on the waters. It is time for us to proclaim the prophetic voice and to say, peace be still. It is time for us to pick up the mantle. Don't just wallow in your suffering. Don't just wallow in your disease. Don't just wallow in your problem. Don't just wallow in the injustice. Don't just sit around and blame folks for unjust laws. Pick up the mantle and do the work that God is calling you to do. It's time to stop blaming everybody for the problems and to start solving them. We are not victims. 
That is problematic. And I don't mean in that Joel Osteen, I'm not a victim, I'm a victor. No, 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 no. You are not a victim to your mental condition. You are not a victim to your health crisis. You are not a victim to your financial situation. You are not a victim to those relatives that get on your nerves and wear you down. You are not a victim to them. You are more than a conqueror in Jesus' name. Pick up the mantle. Stop walking over it. Stop staring at it. Pick it up. Pick it up. And claim your power. Claim your power in Jesus' name. Amen.